The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Yo, 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 welcome to another edition of Round Ball Ramble. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You can find me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. Make sure to check out HoopBall on Twitter at HoopBallTweets. Online, Hoop-Ball.com. Great content dropping literally all the time. I mean, even at this moment, I was uh, privileged to be part of a cool thing we're doing over on HoopBall right now where we have prospects. Yeah, draft prospects put up. Um, a little bit of a profile on each on each one, um, as well as some our fantasy experts kind of talking about it from a fantasy perspective as well. So definitely make sure to check that out. A whole lot more, including uh, you know the guest of honor, the guest of the day, the host of a new pod, one of many that's on Hoop Ball. Uh, I got Will Harris. You can find him on Twitter at William Is Bill, host of the All Rookie Pod, y'all. And let me tell y'all, it is. Well, let me not tell y'all. Let me let me let. What are you doing, bro? Hey, what's going on, Corbin? Uh, it's great to be back on your show. You know, uh, it's been it's been too long. It's been too oh, long, but yes, <laughs> it's been so long. I went and started my own podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm the host of the All Rookie Podcast. It's the idea that I had um, because there's so much talk and buzz about the draft and the prospects when they get into the draft. But once the draft is over, it's like they're forgotten about for the most part, except for the top tier guys that make a name for themselves. So the All Rookie Podcast is going to follow this draft class throughout the whole season, and, you know, leading up to the draft. So we've been we've been kicking it, you know, uh, running out pods left and right, uh, finding all the draft content we can. But after the draft, it doesn't stop there. We're going to continue on throughout the season. So check me out. Hey, I love it, man. For sure. Definitely. I'll check it out. I was just listening to one you're talking about. Um, I think it was Atlantic Division on Team Needs. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And do that right now. Yep. So, like, definitely make sure to check out his work, man. Uh, like you said, it's been too long. Uh, in fact, the night, everything went crazy for me. I think oh, you were the guest for me up there. Not that that's related at all. Just saying, like, I remember getting on, getting you on as a guest there. It's been a while. So I'm happy that you, this guy yeah. over here, he's thriving. He's guesting on stuff. He's doing, he's just bomb, bomb draft stuff all around. In fact, that's why I got you here, man. I want to get your insight. You've been following these guys. You've been doing, you know, scouting reports and, and, and stuff on your podcast. Um, this draft is a weird one for me. I, I I tried to come in originally, like, saying, okay, I was going to do, like, a mock draft. I mean, a round, you know, mock, a mock draft 1.0, 2.0, that sort of thing. And the more I look at it, I see so much content out there that I'm like, wait a second. I have a hard time even differentiating between. I know, like, the top nine, ten guys really well right now. And then after that, it's like one or two or, or three or four guys. You know, JT Thor, um, some guys up further back, uh, Cameron Thomas, Kai Jones, like guys in the back. So, like, I'm looking at this, and I'm going away with the takeaway that I don't really have a good feel for this draft on my own. What I mean, I've had Rafael Barlow and Stone Hansen and others on to kind of give their perspective of the draft. But I want to ask you, what is your perspective on this draft? Is it is it really top two at the top? And just just bananas from six through the rest of the of the round. Is it you know one lead guy and the rest are like really decent? How do you look at this? Well, I will say this draft is I, I totally get what you're saying. It's hard to figure out, but this draft is full of talent. You know, so I think there will probably okay. be normally in every draft is around twenty to thirty guys that are 
either starters or key contributors to a team, you know, if you're lucky. Um, but I think this draft will have at least 45 of those guys. I mean, it's, it's very deep. Um, not all are going to be stars, of course, but they all are talented. Um, but, yes, the top 10, like you said, should be um, all really good, almost stars uh, for the most part. But then when you go from, like, 11 to 30, it's not too much of a difference in there with a lot of those guys, you know, because uh, it's a lot of guys that are potential guys and a lot of guys that have talent right now. So that's also makes it difficult because it's like, what are teams looking for? Are you looking for a good player right now? Or you want a player like Giannis, who's so raw, but you think he can be a star in the future. There's a couple of guys like that too. So this draft is very difficult. But it's a lot of fun uh, diving into it. I'm glad you shared that. I was about to say, with, with the Bucks winning the championship and everyone trying to go, how they do it? What was their, you know, last year was the Lakers and, you know, you found guys who fit around LeBron and, and, and AD, right? This year, or you found guys who fit around LeBron and you made a trade for AD. This year, it's like, okay, well, guess what? It seems like the, the Bucks kind of did this semi-organically. You know, they drafted somebody in Giannis 15th. Uh, they worked on him. He worked on himself. He progressed. He developed, and boom. And so I think that you are, like you said, going to see an influx and maybe some gambles in, in, in earlier rounds or the middle of the round just because, you know, you you might have the next Giannis. Who knows? Um, yeah. And that's interesting you said. I'm glad you brought up the fact there is a lot of talent here, and it's not just, yeah, maybe not the upper upper echelon of that, but, like, definitely, like, great guys are going to fit in and, and, and make things happen. So, I guess with that, where do you look at – let's start with number one. I mean, he's projected to go number one. He's been in some smoke screens, but we know what we know. Kate Cunningham, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on him? I really like Kate Cunningham. You know, I'm not going to uh, come in here and say mm-hmm. nothing crazy. Like, he shouldn't be the first pick. <laughs> but- <laughs> oh, man, I wanted, I wanted a hot take. No, I'll play it. I'll take whatever you do. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to save that for the second pick. But uh, <laughs> – Ooh, okay, I'm with it. <laughs> Kate, um, he, he very much reminds me of Jason Tatum. <clears throat> Jason Tatum. In Boston, uh, I think he's super talented. 6'8", 220 pounds out of Oklahoma State. Average 20 points, six fours, three and a half assists, one and a half steal per game. Great free throw shooter. So, you know, that should translate to a great shooter in the league. Uh, had every accolade you could pretty much think of. Uh, he has a seven-foot wingspan. Everything that the scouts and teams love, he has. You know, he can bring the ball up the court. But I, I personally don't think he will be or should be a point guard in the NBA uh, because he has a nice handle, but he doesn't have a handle to where he's going to bring the ball up the court against Drew Holiday or uh, okay. Patrick Beverly or anything like that. Uh, but, you know, Detroit is in a situation where they can experiment. You know, they drafted Killian Hayes last year, so they can figure it out. You know, if Killian Hayes is just not going to cut it. They can go that route with trying different things, letting Cade Cunningham try the point. But I don't think he should. I think he should play a Jason Tatum type of role. But we, that's to be seen in the future. But, you know, his negatives are that he's just okay at finishing in traffic. He doesn't really finish strong. And he's just not the quickest or fastest player out there. But in today's league, there's a lot of guys that are not the quickest or fastest player out there. And they're still thriving, you know, like Luka Doncic, you know, players like that. But you know, they are far and few between, but, you know, Kate Cunningham, the way his game is, he should be fine. And, you know, I think he'll definitely be an all-star in the league, and it's up to him, you know, yeah. how far he can go, really. Okay. I was going to say, what I heard so many crazy comments. A lot of Luka. I heard one or two LeBron. I thought that was madness. Um, 
Yeah. Like this primary offensive initiator guy. Like, what do you see him as? Like, is he someone that's going to come in immediately and fit right in, or is it going to take him a little bit of a learning curve? Uh, what do you see with him there? I think he'll pretty much fit right in because uh, with Detroit, you know, they had three first round picks last year, but it's neither of those guys' team. Uh, if you want to say it's anybody's team, it's Jeremy Grant, but that's a perfect player to have bring uh, to bring Kate Cunningham into to work with. Because uh, he will, you know, guide him, lead him, be the vet that he needs. And I think it'll be Kay Cunningham's, you know, basically team to run. Uh, and he should flourish from the jump, I believe. You okay. know, everyone's going to have growing pains. Like, Trey Young had growing pains himself. But he is a very small guard. But Kay Cunningham has the size, the skill. You know, he'll have to adjust to the better competition. But I think he'll be fine. Okay, I like it. I like it. All right, cool, cool. Um, but definitely number one. He is one. not LeBron or Luca, though. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, no, I'm glad you put that out because we were getting just a few of those. Yeah, we were yeah, getting no, just no, a few no. though. So I'm glad you. That. No, okay, good. I, I'm totally with it on that. Great, great. Okay, so uh, let's get down to the next in the line. I gotta compare my little mock draft with yours. Um, um, I got Jalen Green a second. I had Jalen Suggs there for a while, but all the hype on Jalen Green had me go back and look at him, and I see a lot of like the modern NBA two guard in him. The athleticism off the charts, his 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 uh, jumper game's not too bad. Uh, thinking he can definitely improve as a passer, initiating offense, but I like what I see from him. I think he'd be great in Houston. What are your thoughts on Jalen Green, the fit in Houston, where you have him, where you want him to be picked? Give, give me the lowdown. Well, first of all, I don't have Jalen Green going to Houston. <laughs> Whoa, okay. You have a number one? No, you? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, tell me where you tell me where you have it. We're gonna we're gonna dissect this. Let's yeah. Okay. For number two, I have, like you mentioned, Jalen Suggs going to Houston. You know, you're probably the only other person I've heard really talk about Jalen Suggs in Houston. So that's who I have. You know, it's not the consensus, but just watching film, to me, he's the second most talented player in this draft. No okay. one else seems to think that, but <laughs> You're going to stick to your guns, man. I'm sticking to my guns. Everyone's changing their board, you know, but for the most part, if I trust my, you know, vision on this tape, I'm going to go with it because he's a 6'4 point guard out of Gonzaga, average 14, 5, and and 4.5 assists per game. He has amazing court vision, very clutch player, performer. He finishes great at the rim, battles with bigs under the basket, great handles, quick hands in the passing lane. It's, I mean, it's nothing you can say about his game that's not great. Really, he pops on screen when you watch him. You just see a star out there when you're watching his tape. I mean, you can mm-hmm. arguably say his tape is better than Cade Cunningham. But, um, you know, in my opinion, he's destined wow. to be a star in my That's eyes. That's take. All right. <laughs> he's destined to be a star in my eyes. I see a little Damian Lillard or a little Brandon Roy in his game. And, you know, I've been saying this for a month, and I heard uh, Chad Ford today mention he reminds him of Brandon Roy. So it's like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm doing something right. <laughs> there you go, man. There you go. You know, I feel it. I mean, I was thinking like a George Hill type player, but that's a nice comp too because you have someone who, you know, decent size, 6'4", 205, like good creator. Like you already described most of what he can do, you know, bringing the ball up the court and and, and kind of having a hot motor all the time. So I guess that's good there. I, you think he's going to be a better fit in Houston? If, if, how do you – if you see that, do you see, let's say that happens, right? Like Kevin Porter Jr. possibly playing the two? I'm not saying that if you, if you bring in – um, Suggs that you have to acquiesce to whatever Kevin Porter Jr. wants. But at the same time, right. I mean, he is kind of the guy you're kind of building around Houston alongside, you know, Mr. Uh, Mr. Christian Wood. Right, right. You know, and that's something they will have to figure out. But I think Suggs and Kevin Porter Jr. can play together. I don't think 
it would be wise for Kevin Porter Jr. to play point guard the whole game. Let him play it, you know, half the game, you know, here and there mixed in with Suggs, you know, because John Wall, unfortunately, is not the future of this team. But, you know, it, it's something to be said about Evan Mobley going to the team, but they have Christian Wood. It's something to be said about Jalen Green, but they're loaded at guard. So, I mean, either way with these teams, in my opinion, I think you should just take the best player available. And in my opinion, that's Jalen Suggs. Like, you could say the Portland Trailblazers, they had Damian Lillard. They probably shouldn't have drafted uh, C.J. McCollum. He was the best player on the team, and they made that fit work because C.J. McCollum is pretty much a point guard in college. True, true. You're right. I, I didn't even think about it like that. But, yeah, you definitely have. Wow. Great point there. Yeah. Okay, so that he's number – you know what we should do? Let's do it this way. Uh, this is, we're just changing up on the fly. Let's go through – I mean, let's do mock draft – 2.0, but it's going to be Wills. Let's let's go. You have Jalen Suck second. I kind of want you to run. Let's do like 1 through 14 or 1 through 15 with your guys. And we can, I'll just bring up any points I have and kind of talk about them that way. That way you get to get your authentic take from there. Because I threw Jalen Green out there thinking, okay, we in agreement there. I like <laughs> that we talk about Jalen Suck, but I do want to see where you have Green going. So let, let's do it that way. Okay. Well, let's get your number third, three up in here. For my third pick, I do have your boy, Jalen Green. Okay. Uh, Look, now you threw out uh, a couple weeks ago we did a pod, a round ball pod. You mentioned Kobe Bryant with Jalen Green. Were you joking or not? Because I'm not sure. Oh, I was joking, though. Okay. <laughs> I was, oh, my gosh. No, I can't. I'm, I'm shocked that some. I hope no one else thought I believe, really believe that. No, I saw that take on Twitter, and I laughed because I was like, are we serious right now? Like, not that there could ever be a player, never be a player like Kobe. I'm not trying to say that whole type of thing. But, like, definitely not him. But, no, no, I was saying that as, like, a joke. No, no, no way, sir. Wow. I, yeah, I heard that. Look, I had to make sure because you said it pretty convincingly. No, no, no. I was just shooting that one that was, no, I got to listen to myself. No, absolutely. <laughs> I was usually thinking from what I heard Zach Levine and that's not an original one. That's been the comp I've been hearing a lot, but I looked at it and I kind of agree with it. But no, absolutely not, Kobe. Oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> All right, but let's get your take, man, before I have to get myself banished off of NBA Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but yeah, I have him going to Cleveland. You know, it's not a perfect fit. Just like you said, um, with Houston, they have Kevin Porter. With Jalen Green, they have Colin Sexton. In my opinion, you draft Jalen Green, you're going to have to trade Colin Sexton. Because his contract's coming up anyway. Your team is not anywhere close to winning right now. Trade Colin Sexton for another piece. Because uh, clearly, that's not working with uh, Garland and Sexton. Even though everyone loves Sexland, that's not really working out right now. But bring Jalen Green in there. Uh, 6'5", 172 pounds from the G League Ignite. Average 18, 4, and 3. Very athletic. Quick first step. Puts his head down and goes straight to the rim. You know, I love that he doesn't just settle for jump shots. He attacks the lane, has great court vision, can find an open man, really good three-point and jump shooter. So he's well worth a top four selection in this year's draft, in my opinion. It's his only thing I wish he had was a little more height. He's measured at 6'5". If he was 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, that might, you know, get him into that number two spot uh, for everyone as a consensus. Um, so that's the only thing that's hurting because if he was a six 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 seven, Cleveland could keep him as the three and keep Sexton and Garland. But yep, you're right. Six, Move five, our to the four, yeah. maybe. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing that's knocking him in my opinion. Wow. Okay. So just the size on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he the top four players in this draft are pretty much considered can't miss 
and locks to be potentially great if you know they keep developing as they should. So, mm-hmm. do you have any concerns yeah. over his jumper? I don't have um, any concern with his jumper. No, no, he has. A okay, good I heard it was kind of low. Or that he shoots it from deep from three, but like, okay, cool. So he has that. He can definitely score at all three levels. So even that shot, I mean, it's not like right. you might have concerns about him getting off me. The way it looks to me, and this is from someone who has a Sean Marion type jumper, it, it, it looks like it might be, um, it might be, um, what is it called? Um, like a uh, a tough mid range shot. You know what I mean? To kind because of, it's in front of his head, it's a little low. Yeah. But by no means am I a shot doctor. I'm just saying from what I see. <laughs> You know, well, I, yeah. you know, you know what I heard Jalen Green say. Uh, so mm-hmm. this this will put it in perspective. He said, you know, him going to the G League, he thinks did not put enough attention on him, like he, as he expected. He said, if he would have went to college, he would have been the consensus number one pick in his draft. Wow. Yeah, he that's a big statement, probably, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's a big statement from him. So you know, he's clearly not worried about it. So I'm not that's, worried. So you're not tripping either. I feel like <laughs> I like it. I think Green is the one I'm most excited for. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting. And, you know, it's talk that Cleveland could trade this pick. So, I mean, we're just going to have to wait and see. Yeah, he's the one. I, yep, he's the one I'm most excited for. We'll see what happens. Uh, let me ask you this. This is a Cleveland question, I know. But if you had to pick between Green or Colin Sexton, which if you draft um, Green, you probably will, what is it going to be? As Colin Sexton getting over twenty million, or uh, you know, coming straight out of the draft. I guess the way you ask, the way you re-ask the question is your answer. I get you. <laughs> there it is. No, I'm with you. I, I like what Colin Sexton's done, but I think it's I think it'd be good for him to go anyway too. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, let's go on to your third, um, fourth. I mean, so that no, your third. We already did. Um, no, this is our fourth now because you did yeah, it's Sug second. We got Mr. Cade first, of course, and then Green third. So I guess it has to be John the Kaminga now, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, it's it's the obvious one. Uh, Evan Mobley to Toronto, uh, and you know not only is he the best player available, he's the best fit for that team. Also, uh, he's a seven foot center from USC. He's skinny, tall, and lanky, and a little bit raw and unorthodox. That's why I have him fourth because I think he still has some growing, and it's kind of a potential draft um, for him, but. The talent should be there and should flourish. Uh, he kind of reminds me of Chris Bosh a little bit, so it's ironic that he would be going to Toronto. But um, I've heard that one. <laughs> the, hope, <laughs> the hope is that he can continue to develop and turn into a 2010 guy. Uh, he's very aggressive at the rim, slams everything, but he just needs to uh, gain weight uh, and keep developing on his shot. But he's got a pretty good shot, uh, pretty good touch, runs the floor well. Uh, you know, he just he just needs to get more comfortable with everything and get him a little more development. And I think he'll be a great uh, asset in the league. He averaged three blocks per game in college. So that's, that's, that's major right there. That's pretty good. I do have to ask you though, um, you know, going to Toronto, he would kind of be the main big, right? Um, do we like that? Cause he does seem a little light in the shorts there in terms of frame. Right, right. If, if I was Toronto, you know, Kim Birch is a free agent. I would resign him if, you know, they don't have to pay too much. But, you know, they, they're used to having Chris Boucher, uh, too skinny also. <laughs> but, you know. Exactly. <laughs> you're right. You're right. So they're going to need a little a little, a little girth in there to back them up. But give them a year or two. You know, like Kevin Durant coming to the league so skinny. But you just know in time you're going to get a little bit bigger and everything's going to be fine. He's not going to be a finished product in year one or year two, really. I feel that. That's true. That's true. All right. Going to be a little Slim Reaper in him. 
Nope. Just oh yeah. <laughs> but okay, just wait, cool. just wait. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> All right, Finn. So uh, let's let's get to your next one. Now this All is right, interesting because I think with number ahead, with number five, this is where a lot of people that I've heard at least it goes to um what is it called? It goes to a kind of a crapshoot. Like I really want to know where, who you have here, only because I'm very curious about kind of where. These teams, I mean, this is Orlando with number five. Like, are they still in play to get, like, a top-tier, you know, best player? Especially for a team like Orlando that has a lot of decent guys. I'm about to actually be dropping my Orlando Magic kind of offseason preview. And they have a lot of guys, but not the one guy. You know what I mean? Like, right. are they able, are they still in position at number five to draft a guy who can be, you know, maybe the best player on their team in three to five years? I think so. Uh, with this Okay. This guy probably has the biggest potential, in my opinion. I have them selecting Scotty Barnes from Florida State. Wow. Uh, the six foot nine, small forward slash power forward. Um, now, if we were just going by film in college, he would not be anywhere near number five. But this is all about potential, his performance at the combine, his size, height, weight. You know, because in college, he only averaged 10 points, four boards, four assists one and a half block a game. And he still was the ACC player of the year, only playing like half the game. They they limited his minutes in Florida State. But he has really good size, um, great defender, good court vision. He can be the point guard, small forward, power forward. He can guard every position. Uh, he's a guy that if he develops, this is a guy, we talked about it earlier, um, Giannis was very raw when he mm-hmm. came out and they took a chance on him. Scotty Barnes is very raw. He has the length, the size, the speed, even a better handle. If he can develop his shot and an all-around game, good coaching, the team's patient with him, you can have a Giannis-like transition for Scotty Barnes into this league. Did you just name drop the (laughs) two-time MVP, finals MVP, Giannis Nakupo, defensive player of the year? Yep. Wow. When, when Giannis when Giannis was a 15th pick in the draft, no one was thinking that about him. Wow. So, I mean, I'm just saying, this is what teams are hoping for. He could wow. completely fall flat on his face, but with him having the potential to be Giannis like, you have to take that shot as Orlando with number five because you also have pick number eight if it's a complete bust. You, that's true. You know I'm promoing this show as Will thinks that Scotty Barnes is the next Giannis, right? <laughs> I just want to give you that warning right now. Go <laughs> no, ahead. Okay. Go ahead. I'm ready for it. <laughs> I, I think I might do that just to spark some noise. But no, I got I to gotta say, though, do you have any worries about his jumper? Because I do. I mean, Giannis at least came in the league with a decent-looking jump shot that kind of broke down over time. Even so, he still takes it. I mean, he's not great at it, but he's still better than Barnes, I'd imagine, who looks just so bad shooting it. Like, Again, I'm not a shot doctor. My shot isn't the best at all. But, like, I, I mean, I don't have to – it's like I tell people all the time. I don't have to be a pilot to know when my plane is crash landing that, hey, it shouldn't be doing that. You know? Like, <laughs> his shot does not look like something that is – I I don't see that from someone that, as a primary offensive initiator, I could just sag all the way off. You're not that dominant defensive on the rim that I'm super worried. And you can't shoot at all. Like, some of your playmaking has to be somewhat negated, if not completely, from the lack of any outside shooting. And not even, unlike Giannis, not even wanting to take the outside shot. Right. Well, I mean, he shot 27% from three. So, 
I mean, it's some point guards that shot 29% from three. So, like, yeah, Sharif Cooper, Cooper, uh, Cooper was 29, 30% from three. So, I mean, it's not completely broken. I think he's starting from a spot that's not too terrible. But that that's what I'm saying. That is the knock on him. If he was a 35% three-point shooter, he might would be top two, top three in his draft. So, that's the only thing. So, it, it is a risk, but the, that reward could be incredible. I feel you on that. And congrats for uh, catching Sharif Cooper with the stray there. Yeah, yeah, sorry, Sharif. for you. Like, well, by the way, there's some guards out there. Sharif Cooper, they're shooting 29%. He should be shooting on playing. <laughs> so funny. I like it, man. Okay, so, but you really high on the potential Scotty Barnes. I mean, obviously, in transition, defensively, the guy's a monster. I mean, we can totally tell on that end, um, 100%. Uh, 6'9", 227, just great positional size. Good playmaking, like you said, decent handle. Um, I definitely want to work on that. That you said, twenty-seven percent from the three-point line, sixty percent from the free throw line. Uh, I don't like that. You got some Giannis comparisons if you talk to Will is Will Harris over here, but you have some Ben Simmons comparisons. Do you really want to have a Ben Simmons comparison after what we saw last year? I feel like Ben Simmons' past postseason is set back playmaking base who can't shoot. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I'm worried about that, but I take your I trust your take on that completely. I'm I'm a, I'm gonna say I'm gonna come out and be like, oh by the way, you know, guess what? Uh, uh, Will said that he might be the best Giannis, but best believe if he ends up being that, I'll be like, y'all was right in this corner the entire time he was on my show. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. All right let's I, believe, I believe um the GM that drafted uh Giannis at 15 for the Bucks is now uh, working for the Magic yeah, too. Him, yeah. So I mean, if anyone's That's gonna him. take a shot, it'd be him. No, you you completely right about that. Yeah, it, it definitely would be. And yeah, that, I mean, hey, that's something right there. Oh, look at that. All right, well let's uh let's go to number six. I like that magic connection, man. That's a nice little shout out, especially when you know the Atlanta Magic um front office really values that size and positional um versatility. Whether or not it really works out for them, you can see over the last couple of drafts that they've done that that's what they that's their thing. That's their like mine. I, I love inefficient shot creators. That that's my shtick. That's that's what I go for. So that's kind of neat. But um, let's get number who's six. Scoring? Who would score on them? Jonathan Isaac, uh, oh, Scotty Barnes, uh, Wendell Carter, or Mo Bamba. Oh, my gosh. You're right. No, and you have Markel Fultz has good um, size yes, for yeah. a, a point guard. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're looking up and down the roster, maybe your shooting guards you're not super worried about as of now. I mean, you got with Gary Harris, who's no slouch, but, I mean, he's on a, um, a one-year deal. Yeah, you said it. Fultz, Isaac, Carter. Um, Chumo Kiki isn't a joke down there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you already mentioned the, the guys you would get presumably from the draft. Yeah, this team defensively, I mean, hey, you got to hang your hat somewhere. Um, it's going to really be cool to see uh, how Jamal Mosley, the new coach for the Magic, kind of instills a culture there. But at least you have something that you're halfway there. Because offensively, take those same guys and yikes. But yeah, that's another yep. <laughs> <laughs> Um Yeah, but I, let, let's get your number six up in here. Uh, and is it, let me just ask from the game, is it Jonathan Kaminga? Yes. It is. Okay, good. I knew I had to get one of yours right. Okay, talk, let's, let's talk. <laughs> and that's, that's mainly because it's OKC, too, because OKC is a is completely trying to rebuild, you know, everything. They're trying to swing for the fences. Jonathan Kaminga is probably the second most um, potential, the guy that has the second most potential in this draft behind Scotty Barnes. He could yeah. turn into a star as well, or he could be a complete bust. And that's because of his shooting as well. Um, he only shot 25% from three. So <laughs> these two guys uh, really need to step that three-point game. <laughs> and he shot 62% from the free Jeez. throw line. But, um, yeah, 
Shoot, mean, come man. on, guys. Y'all are guards. Step up. <laughs> Step up, right? Oh, yeah, Lord. But, uh, you know, in the G League, you know, playing against grown men, he averaged 16 and 7 and 3 assists. That's pretty good. Uh, but, you know, and, and when he was in the combine, he showed off his uh, shooting touch, his three-pointer, mm-hmm. and it was drastically improved. But teams were just going to have to trust that that will happen in the actual games, and he will keep developing. But he's a savvy scorer, very athletic, loves to drive, spin and create, and just dunk on everybody. But um, he's definitely going to have to get more skillful. But he is just 18 years old, so as long as he works hard at it, he should be okay. You know, he's – and, you know, I've heard he's 6'6", but he's listed at 6'6", but I heard the combine he measured at 6'8". So that would be a huge uh, bonus as well. Okay. Yeah, having that additional size, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with that. Okay. That, hey, listen, uh, sounds good. I think one thing he definitely showed is that he's not afraid to shoot it. Um, but it did not. I mean, it was not looking good. I think we can all agree it was kind of rough there. You you want another NBA comparison? Let's get one. Why not? Look, look. Everybody hates NBA comparisons. I love NBA comparisons. So you're gonna I, hear that from me. Oh, I, I'm gl- listen. I am too scared sometimes to do comps. I, I'll admit it. That's not <laughs> not totally my thing. Only because I don't want to be dreadfully wrong, but somebody who can do it, I respect the mess up. Give it to me, bro. Give it to me. Let's get okay. it. Okay. Okay. When I do my comps, I say like. So you have to remember the like part. That, okay. <laughs> that's that's the big that's big. Uh, what's it called? The, um, I forgot the the, the uh, I forgot the word, but basically the warning. <laughs> yes. 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 But right. I, I mean, Jonathan Kaminga, Jonathan Kaminga has the potential to be Kawhi Leonard like. He just has to improve his offense and just keep developing. He has the perfect, you know, the prototype. Uh, he's the prototype, you know, he's perfect body size, weight, defense, everything to be Kawhi Leonard. Wow, he, you totally, <laughs> you weren't even playing around with it. Okay, and, and and you say that in terms of like offensive versatility, like how do you describe that? Yeah, mainly defense. You know, he he's a really good defender. Uh, but yeah, he has the perfect height, weight, athleticism. You know, if you if you if you look at him a little bit, you'll see a little Kawhi. But his offense needs to develop drastically. And you know, so that's the key. I mean, if he doesn't develop, he won't be Kawhi. If he does, look out. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, and I we, I mean, to be fair, in your defense, nobody thought that Kawhi was going to be Kawhi when he first was drafted. Right, you know. Right. 3-and-D guy, kind of being the focus, and look what he's worked and became. So there was always an underlying development that you probably can't foresee that ends up being the, the super huge one. Um, and the one that vaulted Kawhi into, you know, one of the top players in NBA history in a matter of, what, four or five short years? So pretty crazy there for sure. But, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm listen, that's the promo. John Kaminga is the next Kawhi, and, and we already know. <laughs> We already know uh, who Scotty Barnes is going to be, so that's what's up. But, um, okay, this is why you you take over from here up, bro, because uh, number seven, number eight, like, like I'm lost now. We got to fill us in here. I, I do know <laughs> Davion Mitchell, um, obviously James Booknight, Josh Giddy. I'm messing around. I know some of these guys. Um, but I don't know where you go here in terms of uh, if you're drafting, are you doing it from uh, fit, from need? Again, Orlando waiting in the wings. Who do you have at seven? At seven for Golden State, I have someone that no one else is uh, mocking to number seven. Um, <laughs> Alperin Sengun. You know, you know that name. I, I heard a lot about him over the last couple of days. The big man, right? Skilled in the post. The big man, yeah. The big man from Turkey. He averaged nineteen and nine, two and a half assists, one steal, almost two blocks per game, 
in the Turkish league. And, you know, from all accounts, the Turkish league is one of the top three international leagues. Mm-hmm. He's 18 years, 18, 19 years old. He was the MVP of the league. That's unheard of. Anyone from that type of bloodline comes to the NBA and it works out. Uh, he has great touch, runs the court well, blocks shots. He's he's considered a traditional big man because he likes to bang in the paint. But mm-hmm. I think it's uh, no doubt that he'll be able to develop, you know, a spot up shot and possibly a three point shot later in his career. Uh, you know, in my opinion, I see a little Demontis Sabonis. So if you can get that, uh, some people say Nurkic and all those guys, but I see more Demontis Sabonis if he could just get his shot right. Uh, he's a terrible three point shooter right now, but very crafty in the paint, very aggressive in the paint. Um, and with Golden State, if you can get someone, a big man in there that can score, because James Wiseman is not that. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only team, thing this team is missing. For them to draft, you know, a lot of people saying Davion Mitchell or anyone else, they're going to strictly be a backup. At the seventh pick in the draft, I don't think you want to draft a backup. I think yeah. them can start for this team. It's, it's been talked about trading Wiseman. I think it'd be an instant upgrade over Wiseman. Or even if you keep Wiseman, you know, think going to great instant hit. upgrade over Wiseman. Wow. I mean, based off Wiseman last year. <laughs> yeah, I'm true. true. I, okay, so here's my defense on that. I feel like he just had such a – like, he's a rookie big, and you know how long it takes for them to develop. But also, I thought he had his moments, too. He just wasn't what they needed at that time. And I think it, like – Exasperate, exasperated, exasperated. I'm just gonna butcher the word, so we're just gonna drop it. It magnified. <laughs> I'll remember it later, and it's gonna bug me. But it magnified some of the Warriors' issues in the sense that they needed guys to win now, and they have right. this rookie who, albeit one of the best rookies, um, you know, by draft position at least in in the draft, but not someone they need that can contribute immediately. I feel like he's been kind of taking a lot of flack now, more than I think is necessary for his um his failure to kind of be the guy that Golden State needed, but the problem being that he was never going to be that guy. Yeah, and I agree. It's not Wiseman's fault. He went to a team, like you said, that's win now. He needed to go to a team where he could develop, you know, like we talked about OKC or the Magic, you know, type of teams that are, they know what they're getting when they sign up, you know? He wasn't Mm -hmm. ready for the Warriors. So I think Operant Sangoon is ready, is more like a plug-and-play guy that's ready right now. So, But, you know, it's been taught Golden State may trade all their picks and Wiseman, so we don't know what's going to go on with that. Okay. All right. I'm with it. I'm with it. Interesting. Interesting. Alfred Sangu. I love him. All right. There it is. That's number seven. Let's, <laughs> get, let's, let's get number eight. Orlando back on the clock. You know, already getting one of those wings. Already got who they get at number five. Scotty? Scotty, Scotty. So now who they got alongside him now? All right. We mentioned the magic earlier. You talked about Gary Harris, you know, uh, <laughs> I can't even think of the sh- other shooting guard. What's his name? Terrence. Uh, uh, anyway. what, what, which one? What's what's the shooting guard? Uh, oh, uh, Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross. Yeah, Terrence Ross. Yeah, yeah. So they should not be starting for anyone's team at this point. So I think shooting guard is the weakest position. The best talented player for shooting guard for me, James mm-hmm. Booknight, the 6'5 guard out of UConn, averaged 19.6 boards, two assists, one steal per game. He's a tremendous scorer, which this team would need if they have all those defensive aces right there. Uh, tremendous at driving to the basket. Uh, can shoot threes great. Has a total package. When he was at UConn, he was double teamed all the time, but they still could not stop him. That's how talented he is in college. In the NBA, he will not be double teamed, so it should just be 
a smooth transition for him. Uh, okay. But I, th- I think he'll be a great fit for the Magic. And, you know, like I said, Scotty Barnes is more of a risk. James Booknight is more of a safe pick. And they both could flourish with the Magic. What weaknesses do you see for Booknight? What was that? What weaknesses do you see for him? I, I mean, really, uh, I've heard he was, uh, from the listing I've seen at 6'5", I've seen him listed at 6'4", 6'3 half. Oh, if wow. He's, if he's not 6'5", that could hurt him a little bit. And, you know, people talk about um, the usage or, you know, the bad percentages. But when you're on a bad team in college and it's your team, and it's your, you know, uh, I can't even think of the word right now. But it's up yeah. to you yeah. <laughs> to do everything. Your percentages are not going to be great. Yeah, so I don't really worry. I, yeah, I don't focus too much on, like, turnovers and shooting percentage sometimes when you're on a bad team. It's easy to have those numbers look good on a good team and where you're not being double teamed. So I think with his talent and that he's been killing it in workouts, combine, he's going to be fine. I'm not worried about him at all. Okay. Well, if you're not worried, I'm not worried either. I think that his style will definitely fit as someone who can kind of swing, like like we talked about, the offensive initiator type role, you know, uh, being a a guy who can fill it up on a team that's really going to need it uh, for Orlando. So I'm kind of with it there. All right, let's um, let's do let's do a couple more here. Uh, who we got for let's just in our nine, ten, eleven? You could quick hit it and go as deep as you want. I know we got some other guys you want to talk about, so uh, let's kind of go eight, nine, ten, or I mean nine, ten, eleven, just like that. All right, for Sacramento, I think the best fit for them is Moses Moody, six six, okay. uh, small forward out of Arkansas, average seventeen six, one and a half assists, one steal, and almost a block per game. To me, he kind of reminds me of Sadiq Bay that the Pistons drafted last year who made, you know, first-team all-rookie. Uh, most of his highlights are threes, which is great. And he has that seven-foot wingspan. Uh, you could say he's kind of like a young Rudy Gay. Um, but I, I think he's a perfect fit for Sacramento because eventually they will move on from Harrison Barnes. And if you've seen the picture of the prospect touching the floor and touching the top of the door, that was Moses Moody. So that tells you everything you need to know. Right <laughs> That's athleticism. Yeah, I'm, I'm really yeah. excited about his shooting ability. I'm not going to lie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So unlike some of the previous prospects, he can't shoot. <laughs> but um, there it is. so if we go to number 10 with the Pelicans, I have them taking Davion Mitchell. Uh, now, the Pelicans are one of the harder teams to figure out because they have talent at every position. Uh, so it's yeah. like, who would they take in the draft? Um, they need shooting. No. Do what? You? I would say they definitely need shooting, though. Right, right, right. They need shooting. But um. Davion Mitchell shot 44% from three this year. So, but a lot of people are worried if that will continue because his previous years in college, it wasn't so great. But, I mean, I think he's too talented at this point to pass on. I think the only reason he's going to fall to 10 or later is because of his height. He's at 6'2", 205, averaged 14 points, three boards, five and a half assists, and two steals per game. That's rare you see two steals per game. He's a great defender, a great hustler. Yep, great handle, it's crossover. You know, when he was killing it in the NCAA tournament, I think I said it right, NCAA. I, NCAA it sounded, I think you said NCAA. <laughs> I was like, hold NCAA. up. <laughs> no, I'm nah, but you go. In the tournament, you know, all the pros were, you know, shouting them out, tweeting them, everything, calling them Donovan Mitchell. It's Donovan Mitchell snuck down to play college basketball and, and put on a Baylor jersey. When 
People, when they're talking about you like that, there's something there. And he really did look like Donovan Mitchell out there. A lot of people say, well, Donovan Mitchell is, you know, his wingspan was bigger. He got to the free throw line more often. If that's the only thing you're going to say that differentiates, guy, differentiates this guy from Donovan Mitchell, he's worth the risk, in my opinion, because they're the same height, pretty much. Yeah, you're not losing. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. People don't like that he's 22 or 23. I mean, that's that's not a big deal to me. No, no, no. I'm I'm with you on that. And it's something where it's like, hey, you know, he, he can fit right in. You know, he's not going to be the guy where you're drafting. He's not going to be the best guy. You already have that guy in Zion. You have the next best guy in Brandon right. Ingram. So you're not drafting to be the guy to, to supplant those two. So the age, well, he's not like 26, 27, right. it should fit right along. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I just think, okay. you know, like Donovan Mitchell slipped in the draft to number 13, and he was traded yeah. on draft day, you know, for basically yeah. nothing. Um, so Look what he did. Yeah, was Devin because, Booker was late, too. They were going by late right. shooting guard. Yeah. Yeah, so, and I think it was because of Mitchell's size. So this is the same knock with Davion. So I think it's worth the risk at 10. You said what? Uh, so, I mean, they, they, they're both getting knocked because of their height. So I think it's worth the risk at 10 if all the other skills are there. I think the thing that they're going to have to do is see him play in five-on-fives with other players of his level and stature. Like his ilk? And if, yeah. Yeah, and if he doesn't, uh, you know, hold up to that, then you know, okay, he was a college player. If he fits right in or even flourishes in the five-on-fives with his ilk, I mean – I would have no worries. Okay. Wow. That's a lot of faith in that. I like it, though. Yeah. All right. Well, number 11. Yeah, I was going to say, because I have a guy I want to ask about, but I don't I want, I want know if you're going to kid next. Uh, Kai Jones. That's who I have next for the oh, Hornets. Look at us, man. All right. Cool, cool. <laughs> tell, tell us about Kai Jones. I'm interested in this guy. Yeah, yeah. Now, this guy, you know, he's a boomer bust guy, but I think he has the talent that makes him worth the 11th pick in the draft. Uh, it's not like you're taking him three or four, so it's it's more worth it. Sometimes the 11th pick doesn't work out, so it's worth yeah. the risk. He's 6'10", big man from Texas. Um, he didn't play the full complement of minutes. Texas pretty much had three great big men. They kind of split it up. Um, he came off the bench, actually. He averaged nine points, five boards, almost an assist, almost a steal, and pretty much a block per game. But he's a great shot blocker, very instinctive. Uh, offensively and defensively, and he can even shoot threes, even some step-back threes. When you see that type of potential from a center in college, that's like that's what everyone's salivating over. So, you know, he's very athletic, fast, can dribble the ball, and uh, even he's great defensively. He even was playing defense against Kay Cunningham at the three-point line. Mm-hmm. Kay tried to go by him, around him. He picked his pocket and went down the court. Uh, so, oh, wow. Yeah, so that's the type of athleticism this guy has. So if he can guard at the three-point line, you know he can guard at the paint. And I think for Charlotte, you can't do any worse than Cody Zeller. So <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> not going to hurt you too bad to take the risk. <laughs> that's true. You mentioned this on the show, too. One could say that they probably would have made the playoffs if they had any better center than Cody Zeller. Right, yep, yep. Definitely true. Okay, and then I have another one I want to ask about. Keon Johnson. Okay, I have him at 14. Okay, so let's work our way there. Okay, so who you got at 12 and 13, man? All right, 12, I got the Spurs taking Jalen Johnson, the controversial small forward slash power forward out of Duke. Because Is he, he the one who teams. left early? Yep, yep, played 13 games. Uh, it's been a lot of talk, but it's not been not many answers. But I heard an um, expert, you know, say that it was because of his anxiety. If that's the case, 
that shouldn't be held against him, in my opinion, as long as, you know, he'll be fine in the league. Yeah, um, so and as long as he communicated on, it. I, I still yeah. want communication. Right, yeah, yeah, I agree. So that's questions he's going to have to answer, but all the tape on him, in my opinion, looks good, and he should replace Lam- the LaMarcus Aldridge role perfectly, in my opinion. And, well, you know, dope. at, thir- at thir- yeah, 13 and a half, you know, the guy I took a shot at earlier, Sharif Cooper, the Indiana. <laughs> Mr. 29%? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, you know what? I got my notes here now that we own him. He only shot 22% from three. I, I was, I was trying to help him out, Corey. You're doing him a favor. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's, as a guard, that's, on volume, too, I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean, that's. So, yeah, I have him listed as a terrible three-point shooter. Oh, God. But, uh, but see, his his uh, the positive side of him is he's one of the best passers in the league uh, in, in college. He had eight assists per game. That was one of the tops in the nation. Uh, and he's obviously one of the most talented scorers in the league uh, in college. He averaged 20 points per game. So he has incredible court vision, great handles, very explosive. I think with them losing T.J. McConnell, mm-hmm. great assist man, Sharif Cooper can instantly come in and do that, and we know he can score, but he also can sit behind Malcolm Brogdon, learn a little bit more of the control, get his shot right, and he instantly can be, you know, a better T.J. McConnell and possibly take over from Malcolm Brogdon down the line. Okay. Hey, I mean, less important. Okay. A successor, especially for someone in Brogdon. You still got some good years, but you want to have someone Mm -hmm. who can kind of grow and learn around that. Maybe get your shooting together in the meantime between. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I'm with okay, it. so okay. your boy next on Golden State, I have Keon Johnson. Um, to like me, that. he's one of the hardest players to evaluate because mm-hmm. if you watch his tape, it was not good. <laughs> no, especially when it came to shooting again, right? <laughs> yeah, he shot 27% from three. I don't get oh, it. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, nobody over here cracking 33. Right? Uh, <laughs> that's not so, great, but that's better than this. <laughs> Go yeah, on. People love his athleticism because he jumped out of the gym, but. Okay. Um, to me, his shot is a little slow. He plays a little unorthodox. He's not smooth at all. Like, if you watch him, it seems like he hasn't been playing basketball for, like, four or five years. He hasn't been playing his whole career, uh, his whole life. And I don't know if that's a fact or not, but that's what it looks like on tape. Uh, he's obviously, like I said, a great leaper, great defender. Uh, people are expecting that athleticism to translate into the league. But for the most part, he does, he does everything else pretty average. So, I mean, if it was me, I wouldn't take him this early. But mm-hmm. from all reports, people have him going in the top 10 and this and that. But so I, I stuck him in here at uh, 14 to Golden State because they have two picks. They can develop him. I mean, who better to sit behind than Clay Thompson and Steph Curry to learn to shoot the ball? So you want to take true. a risk. There you go. That's true, especially with having, like you said, athleticism, which is great. I mean, the problem is, you know, making less than 30% of your threes, shooting uh, just over 70% from the free throw line. I mean, is something there? Maybe you can kind of improve that. I think you commented on this. I put this on Twitter, comparing him to uh, Archie Goodwin. Oh, yeah, I saw you talk about your boy Archie Goodwin. But uh, in my opinion, I think mm-hmm. I think if he reaches his ceiling, he can be a little bit of a less talented Zach Levine. Oh, Wow. Yeah, but if he doesn't without the, with the shooting, you mean then that has to tie. Yeah, in. yeah, he's got to develop the sh- the shooting and offensive game. But if he doesn't, I think maybe his floor will probably be like he'll be like a Jeremy Lamb type of player, just hovering around the league, you know, but nothing special. Okay, okay, I can see that. I can get with that. Interesting, interesting. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, so I'm gonna, at this point, I'm gonna leave the floor to you. 
you have any other guys you want to kind of touch on, you know, people that we've been sleeping on, people that we should be aware of, people that you have that maybe go against the, the conventional grain, if you will. Um, this is this is the this is the will time. This is all rookie. All right, you know, I'll talk about a few people. You know, um, Josh Giddy, everyone loves. I do not love his game really, really at all. I mean, I have him going number eighteen to OKC just because everyone loves him except for me, apparently. <laughs> but he's, mm-hmm. he's you know he's six foot eight, but he's only 80, 185 pounds. Normally he looks like a kid out there on the court. Uh, he's a he's a tremendous passer, but just being a great passer in this league. It's not going to get you far. I mean, look at Ricky Rubio. I think yep. that's his ceiling. You know, Ricky Rubio is a good point guard, but he's a guy that gets passed on from team to team because they want to bring in a better point guard, you know? Um, the only thing that separates him is his height. Uh, he's six eight as opposed to, you know, Ricky Rubio. But you got to be an athlete if you're not a great shooter or, you know, a great defender if you're not a great shooter. In my opinion, he's a great passer and not a good shooter, and that's not going to translate that well in this league. And I, I, I'm not a fan, but you never know. <laughs> um, true. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's true. Okay, that's true. since you're the big Laker fan, I'm going to tell you who I got going to the Lakers. Please. Thank you. Okay. That was actually <laughs> a sneak question I was going to give you, but you're on top of it today. <laughs> okay. You know, I mentioned I, – I, I was on the pod with you earlier, and you mentioned Bones Highland, and yeah. I think that is a – I think that would be a tremendous selection, honestly. But I have them taking Ayo Dasunmu, the 6'5 guard out of Illinois, average 20 points him. per game, 20 points, six boards, six assists, one steal per game, shot 34% from three, won the Bob Cousy Award, very nice handle, can drive to the hoop, taking contact or finishing in traffic, great rebounder. To me, he's one of the best guards in the country, but for some reason, he's slipping in the draft. I don't understand it. A lot of people are saying if he would have came out last year, he would have been in better shape. I don't see how I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me. But, <laughs> I mean, he still averaged 26 and 6. Uh, if you want to make a comparison, I see a little Colin Sexton, or he could be a Buddy Hill type. He has both of their games in his game a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I mean, this man had two triple doubles in college. That's rare in college in 40 minutes. So, you know, talent is everywhere with AO. But I understand also if you want to get a strictly a three-point shooter. But I think this is a guy that can help the team on offense as opposed to just, you know, hitting three. I get you on that. I get you on that. I mean, I really like that, this game. I was going to say the Lakers, I mean, need another, if they can get another guy who's like an offensive initiator, sure type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not someone that you're going to give it to, but basically a more competent, uh, Taylor Horn Tucker. Mm-hmm. You, you know, know like we need, that, uh, uh, you guys might try to trade for the real Colin Sexton. So, yo, you, know, you never know. <laughs> I mean, listen, why do that when we can get ourselves, uh, you know, Mr. Uh, Mr. Westbrook himself? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, heard that. <laughs> all, all, type, all type of stuff going on in Laker land. <laughs> all right, so let me give you some, like, drafts. Of, I only have, like, two or three of them. But, like, wait, wait, look, can, I, can I name one? Oh, you got some more. No, give me some more. I'm sorry. No, I know you have more. I'm about to cut you off, man. Go on. Give me some no, more. No, I, I just have to mention my guy, Jason Preston. He's the guard from Ohio. Not Ohio State, Ohio. Oh, this guy, have you have you seen his tape, Corbin? I have not. Tell me about him. Everyone, do your research on Jason Preston. I'm going to after his this. Tape, when you see his tape, you're going to see LaMelo Ball slash Steph Curry. Okay? All right. I, I'm not stuttering when I say that. This guy is tremendous in college. His only knock is he's skinny, but he will get bigger. He's six foot four. He's going to be a point guard. Uh, average 16, 7, and 7. 
one and a half steal per game. Uh, I mean, shot 40% from three, great touch. Likes to drive and post up, but that ain't going to work in the NBA at 187 pounds. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he's a great passer, even flashy at times, great court vision. I don't – a lot of people have this guy going in the 40s and 50s. I have him going in the first round, pick 28 to Philadelphia if they don't wow. get their Ben Simmons situation straight. And I'm, like, the only person out here talking about him. So I don't understand it. Yeah. Jason Preston, I love his game. Okay, that is dope. Wow. I, <laughs> I, I, had, to, I had to shout my boy out. So, you know, <laughs> go ahead with your questions, Nick. No, deep dive. I'm glad you did because I didn't know. I'm going to tell you. I'm looking right after this. So that's what's up. But, no, my question um, for, for you, uh, when you talk about guys, you know, not a big fan of um, or, or not understanding the hype, I guess, uh, like Josh Giddy, I, I want to know who is who is over who's overrated in this draft. <laughs> well, we mentioned Josh Giddy, but I, for another guy, I was saying, <sighs> I mean, you you make it be me the mean guy right now, Corbin. I, I know, I know. <laughs> Listen, I, I got I got somebody dragging. No, right, but no, uh, if I have to name somebody else, well. I can say Keon Johnson for one, like we mentioned, but he has that potential. But for me, Franz Wagner, I have him going 17. I'm about to say we never talked about him. I'm glad you brought him up. A lot of people got him going in the top 10. There's no way in my mind. There's no way in hell he should be in the top 10 in my opinion. Uh, So, I mean, you know, but I have him going 17 because there's so much hype about him. But in my opinion, he's going to be a good, solid role player for his whole career. I don't. I don't see it, Corbin. <laughs> is it? Is it because you're not sure about his role defensively? You're not sure about his offensive game. I mean, he took a lot of deep threes, but he's not a great three point shooter. Um, again, shooting seems to be a lot of issue with these guys. But just in general, is it um, defensively you have issues? Like, what are you thinking? Well, you know, you know when you just see guys in college that are just good college players. I just think that's what he is. You know, you look at Frank Kaminsky. He was great in college, but. You know, NBA, he's kind of laughed at sometimes. I True. see that with Franz Wagner. I don't know if his game will translate, you know, to the league. It it may. I, I think he'll translate to be, like, to fit. You know, I got him going to Memphis because I think he can play um, uh, a slow-mo role, um, fit in as a good backup small forward. But I don't see much more than that. I think he'll be a good system player, a good role player. He's not explosive. So, like, can he get his own shot in the league? Probably not. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, but, I mean, if he reaches his peak, you know, he could be Kevin Love-like. But if he doesn't, I think he'll just be, like I said, a solid role player. Okay. I get you. You just don't see the ceiling as high as everyone else does. Right, right. But, I mean, you know, if if he gets to Kevin Love level, he hit that ceiling. So. All right. I feel – who's your (laughs) – who's your Russell Westbrook player? That's my own category. That's some guy who – whether or not he's going to be great or not, whether or not he's going to have the biggest warts, let's say he improves on everyone, let's say he doesn't improve on a dang thing. He's your guy no matter what, 100%. Who's that guy that you found over this uh, this draft process? Okay, I'm going to go with a guy that's a little later. You, you probably never heard of him either. Um, and it may it. not turn out. It may, what? Huh? What did you say? What'd you say? Oh Corbin? no, I said let's get it. No, I know you say man, oh, okay. that's, that's why we do it. You you still gonna like the guy. You're like, yeah, I really right. thought player X would have been great. And we're like, uh, who's player X? And that's gonna be right, it. But right. no matter. <laughs> uh I got David Duke. David I Duke. have heard of him. 
Okay. Okay. The six-five point guard. It might be a combo guard from Providence. Average seventeen points, six boards, five assists, one steal per game. He shot almost forty percent from three. Corbin, I'm telling you, I absolutely love his all-around game. Great shooter, great passer. I think he'll absolutely flourish in today's NBA. At worst, he'll be an excellent backup. Uh, but he's one of the most natural point guards in this draft. He looks like he was born to play point guard. Uh, you know, I've heard, I've asked, I've asked questions to experts about why is this guy not in the first round. I was about they to ask you that. Yeah, they say his knock is he's not efficient. And I'm waiting. Oh, I'm like, okay, on. what? Yeah, I'm like, okay, what? What else? They're like, no, he's just not efficient. What do you mean? Okay, he was at Providence on a bad team. He's the star of the team. He's not gonna be efficient. He has to do everything. That can be coached up in the NBA. He's not gonna have to do everything. So, I mean, Absolutely. I have him going. I had to get him on my first round. I have him going 30th to Utah. You know, Conley is aging. He can sit behind Conley a year or whatever. But I think this guy. Is someone to look out for, David Duke. All right. Well, guess what? Keep an eye on him, y'all. All right. Lastly, I, I got to ask one last question. When you look at this draft, you looked at this draft in depth. I think you did last year's draft in depth as well, right? No, I didn't do last year. I was doing something with hoop ball. Who knows? Oh, some hoop ball. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it was. Um, I think it was the Bosco breakdown. There you go. Okay. Going deep on it. How do you think this draft will kind of turn out ultimately? Like, like we talk about, has a lot of talent. Do we think that's really going to be the top five? Do you think that we might have? like six or seven sleepers? Or do you look at this more like a 2018 draft? Is it more of a 2013 draft? Like, like, how do you think it'll shake out as someone who's kind of looked at these guys for a minute now and is probably going to do it again for the next week? I mean, it could be because I'm watching so much tape on them. But in my opinion, I think this will be one of the best drafts in, in, that we've had in quite a while. Because not only is it stacked at the top, it's thorough throughout. Like I said, I have like 45 guys that I love and I'm like trying to squeeze guys into the first round and I just can't get them in there so um oh if you want another hot take Corbin let's hey, you want give another it hot me. take yes sir <laughs> <laughs> okay you may have heard this name Uzman Garuba I have I am familiar everyone loves him everyone has him going in the lottery near the lottery I don't even have him in the first round I hate everything Ooh. about his game Corbin I do not like this guy he screams bust to me. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's great at defense. I mean, he's, he's, he's from Spain. He's playing over there. Is it the offensive game? His offense is horrible. He, he averaged six points per game and nine points per game. Oh, geez. In, in a lesser league. Like, what is he going to come over here and do and, and be in a lottery pick? I like, mean, listen, we saw P.J. Tucker, right? He didn't score. Right, 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 right. But does right, he have a – I mean, P.J. Tucker can stick the corner three. Does he even have that? In my opinion, he has no offensive game. Oh, <laughs> see, there's, and there is the issue. Like when you watch him play, he's very unnatural. He's not very skilled, very raw. And, you know, I mean, people like his age, his height. He's 6'8". If he was 6'11", you, you might have more potential, in my opinion. But he's 6'8". He reminds me of Seiko Demboye. But Demboye is way more talented than him. And oh, wow. Demboye doesn't get in the game. <laughs> so... How yeah. is Mike Rubo going to get in the game? He, I mean, it's simple. He won't. <laughs> right? Oh, that's, 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 that's my hot take right there. Okay. And you said he's 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 going to be drafted. Uh, people are saying top 15, Corbin. I don't get it. 
Listen, I, this is what makes it weird for me. I don't. I, could, I I almost want to agree with you and say I don't get it either. But I just heard so much about how weird this draft is in the back that I'm not sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. it's a deeper one, or anyone can be picked. Like, I after pick twelve, like nothing's gonna surprise me. In short, just because I'm like, okay, you know, like, I had no idea anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is gonna be I mean, really, really nothing. Draft not, draft nothing draft. after pick four is gonna surprise me, really. I mean, I mean, no wait, Everything after pick four is gonna surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, because it's going to be like, whoa, what happened here? I mean, and, and, and when I say nothing surprised me, it's because I don't know. You know, I was coming from a place of like, yeah, uh, right. okay, I guess. You know, whereas for those who are on it have been watching, you might have a guy, you know, pegged to be this way or whatever the case may be. I mean, I've seen so many guys yourself, you know, Rafael, guys I respect have totally different opinions on the same players. Everyone evaluated mm-hmm. putting the same amount of time in it. I think that's what makes it really kind of cool, but also makes it so much of a, of a crapshoot. You know, they call the draft lottery a lottery process. Maybe even the evaluation process can be something of that in terms of what teams see, what evaluators see, how it shakes out, how their fit is, all the intangibles that no one ever brings up, really. You know, personality, fit, that sort of thing. It's weird. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, the mock drafting is no one is ever going to be right. You know what I mean? Because the the actual draft is never right. (laughs) But all you can do is, you know, try to evaluate the tape. And go with what your gut says. And then my gut says Uzma group is not good. <laughs> so guess what? I, he ain't good. Go. I don't yeah, care where everybody else puts him. My tape said what I see on Josh Giddy is he's too little and not talented enough. You know, <laughs> all that stuff. I'm not gonna change that. <laughs> no, that it is it's gonna be what's gonna be. Hey, I'm with you on that though. I I stand I stand in solidarity there. <laughs> right, any last like pressing draft takes you wanna get out there, bro, before we let you go here? I think we I think we covered them all. I think you did a good job, man. I want to thank you for jumping on, giving me some of your time, basically just just around an hour, giving people draft, you know, draft talk from someone who's been really watching the draft, information for myself, because I wasn't as aware. I'm about to put some more time into it now, um, over the next couple of days. But of course I do that just for draft time, so I love it. But um but it should be a lot of fun, man. But hey, where where can we find you outside of, you know, at William is Bill on, on Twitter? Um Check out the podcast, of course, all rookie podcasts with Hoopball, um, iTunes, Chats, wherever you catch your um, podcast, you can catch that as well. You have anything coming in the, in the pipeline? Are you going to be a part of the Hoopball Draft Show? What, what's going on? Yeah, you're going to be on that too, right, Corbin? We're going to do yes, a, sir. Yeah, Hoopball Draft Show live during the draft. That's going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, just, you know, like like Corbin said, on Twitter at William is Bill. And the all rookie podcast, you know, help me, help me out. Uh, you know, I appreciate you having me on Corbin. So you're millions of v- viewers and listeners. And hear my voice. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're hilarious, man. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'd be like, yo, you, you know him, you love him. It's Corbin. No, no. But thank you, <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, to anybody listening, I don't even know the numbers, but I shudder to think. Um, thank you for checking it out. Check out Will, like like you said, on Twitter at William Bill. Check me out on Twitter at CorbinMBA. Hoopball on Twitter at Hoopball Tweets. Online hoop-ball.com. We'll be back real soon. Got the offseason here. A lot of stuff going on. The draft this time next week. Yeah, actually. So that'll be a lot of fun. But until next time, y'all, uh, for myself, for Will, we frosty. Y'all stay frosty. And I will talk to y'all tomorrow. I try.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.